the teams you care about. The Patriots are absolutely a contender. They're not just in the conversation. They're in the VIP section at the party right now. The stories that matter to you. Ryan Davis is the reigning conference player of the year. Ben Shungu is the most important player to the Catamounts, bar none. This is your home for New England sports. The rest of the American League, as I told you, is not messing around. The Red Sox need to be ready to make some big moves. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? It is a Tuesday. I missed you all yesterday. It is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show again today, though. No show yesterday, short show today. I have so much to say and not enough time to say it. We're on the air for an hour, so we go right up until... 6.30, the rare Norwich hockey midweek game. Very excited for the cadets on the road at Plattsburgh State, Stafford Ice Arena. The site of that game, George Como, Craig Durham on the call. The cadets will look to avenge their first loss of the year, which came on Saturday against Babson. So pregame show officially at 6.35. The puck drop is at 7 right here on WDEV. So we're going to have to get right into it with just an hour to talk today. One programming note, Bob Sosi. Voice of the Patriots, he's going to be with me at 6.05 today. He's always with me on Tuesday. He's usually at 5.45 today, Bob Sosi, 6.05. If you're wondering about my weekly interview with Coach Brennan, I did that. UVM men's basketball tips off in an hour against Providence College from Providence. So that interview is already up on our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can get in, 802 585 3026, you are locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. This is the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line at 802-585-3026. I am so pumped, so jacked up. Patriots, baby, nine and four, seven straight wins. First place AFC East, first place in the AFC playoff picture. Nobody saw it coming. Me, me, me as much or more than anybody. I saw them maybe being a playoff team. I certainly did not see this. Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. And the opening thoughts in the Brady Farkas show, they're brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's most complete locally owned home center locations, Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. Here's what we know from last night. Patriots won. Patriots beat the Bills, final score 14-10, and as a result, the Pats are now a game and a half up in the division, and they're currently the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture. That's what we know after last night. Here's what I don't know. I don't know exactly, I'm being honest with you, I don't know exactly how to formulate an opinion on a lot of what we saw last night. The Patriots' game plan the Bills' response to post-game questioning, this is a hard game to gauge, in my opinion, in a lot of regards. We're going to unpack the Patriots. We're going to do that at about 6.20 after Bob Sosi. We're going to discuss all this stuff, but I got to be up front. 20 hours later, there's still some stuff that I just don't quite have a good handle on. And I like to come in here, trust me, I like to have all the answers. I like to have the show. I, I come in every day with a seven-page dissertation of what I think the show 
should look like and should sound like. I don't really have that today because I just don't know exactly. I just don't have exactly a good handle on several things from yesterday. The New England Patriots won a football game yesterday throwing the football three times. Think about that. The local high school in your town probably throws it more than three times. You go out to to a Norwich football game. They run all the time. They'll throw it seven. They'll throw it 12. You go to a Castleton game, they'll throw it 50. The New England Patriots won an NFL football game throwing three passes. They at one point ran it 32 consecutive plays. 32 consecutive runs. It was like a Naval Academy game. Those three passes, by the way, the second fewest attempts by any team in the league since 1970. You talk about throwback football. Even throwback football didn't look like this. If you were watching football in 1974 and you were watching 1981 and 1992, they didn't play like we saw last night. I don't quite know how to grasp my mind around a game that I've never seen before. I have never seen that before from an NFL team. I've seen it in high school. I've seen it in college. I have never once in 30 years of watching football seen the game plan that we saw last night. In 2021, in a league that is supposed to be all about speed, the Patriots won with nothing but power. In 2021, in a league that is supposed to be filled with athleticism and is, the Patriots went counter to that last night and won with nothing but physicality. And in a league that is supposed to be dominated by explosive plays and flashy wideouts, the Patriots won with six offensive linemen on the field a lot, and they just played bully ball. I may not have a good handle on it all, but I do know this. It was fascinating to watch. I don't know exactly what I watched at times, but it was fascinating. That's what I don't know. I don't know exactly what I watched last night from a game plan standpoint, from a stylistic standpoint, from how should we all feel about what we watched last night. I honestly don't know that. Here's what I do know. The Patriots continue to do things that we ask good teams to do. I know that unequivocally. The Patriots do things continually that we ask good teams to do. The Patriots are a good team, and they keep proving it. We ask good teams to beat who you're supposed to beat. The Patriots have done that. They've beaten the Jets twice. They've beaten the Texans. They've beaten a beat-up Browns team. They've beaten a beat-up Titans team. They have beaten who they're supposed to beat by and large. We ask good teams to just win the games you're supposed to win. Buffalo didn't win the game they're supposed to win against Jacksonville. Kansas City has dropped some games. They dropped a game to the Raiders, I believe. Maybe the Chargers, maybe both. Like, good teams, teams we think are good, lose games they're not supposed to. Patriots don't. They win games they're supposed to win, so we know that. We also ask good teams to win within their division, and the Patriots did that last night against a team they are directly battling with. We also ask good teams to win on the road. And the Patriots are 6-0 on the road this season. 
And finally, we ask good teams to win after Thanksgiving, to win in December, to win in the cold. And the Patriots did that last night well, accomplishing the previous two, winning in the division and winning on the road. We can argue till we're blue in the face about the way they won last night or how they won last night and how they played and should they have done things differently and blah, 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 blah. We can argue all about that. And I'll have those conversations with you too. But I know that the Patriots are doing what good teams do. And they're doing it habitually. And that is why I also know the New England Patriots are Super Bowl contenders. I think I've been pretty honest with you and upfront about the Patriots all year. Back in the summer, I told you with Cam that they could be a playoff team. Then I told you when Cam got cut that they could still be a playoff team, but it would be difficult. Then they started out 1-3 and three and 2-4, and four, and it was looking like I was right. Like, hey, they're not as good as they would have been with Cam, I told you. They could still get to the playoffs, but it's not looking likely. That was true then. I then told you that they're good, but they had a tough schedule ahead, and they did. It looked that way. Cleveland, Tennessee, Buffalo, Indy, Buffalo. It looked that way. And I was right. And then I told you that they were a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. And that was true then, and that remains true now. I've been pretty upfront with you about the Patriots all throughout. I told you when I didn't think they would be good, and I'm telling you now, they are good. They are a Super Bowl contender. I still don't know if they can win it, but they can absolutely get there. And I told you if they're going to get there, they've got to win the division. And winning last night went a hell of a long way towards winning the division. They have more than a 60% chance now, according to ESPN, to win the AFC East. It's not guaranteed. It's not wrapped up. The banner doesn't need to hang yet. But they are a player in the division, in the conference, and they are a player for the Super Bowl. They, They have won in almost every way that you are supposed to win. They've won on the road. They've won at home. They've beaten sub-500 teams. They've beaten preseason favorites. They've beaten last year's playoff teams. They've won against rookie quarterbacks. They've won with defense. They've won with running. They've won when they've let Matt cook a little bit. They've played from ahead. They've played from behind. They have done nearly everything that you can do to prove you're a good team. The Patriots are a good team. Now, let me say this. There is also something else I know about this game. Again, a lot I don't know. I still, I don't know how to quite process exactly what I watched last night because it's a game that I've never seen before at the NFL level. I do know this. I am with Sean McDermott on a couple of things he said. Sean McDermott's getting ripped today, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. I'm with him on a couple of things that he said. I'm not calling Bill Belichick a genius for last night's run-only game plan. I'm not going to rip the game plan. I'm not going to rip Bill Belichick. But I'm not going to call him a genius either. And let's please understand this. If the Patriots had lost, this game plan would have been ripped. If the Patriots had lost, the conversation today would have been completely different. But since they didn't, we're not going to rip it. I'm not going to rip it. You play to win the game, and the Patriots won the game. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that what I watched last night was an incredible coaching clinic by Bill Belichick when it came to the game plan. 
Patriots won the game. They did enough to win. They made enough plays on special teams, minus the Nikhil Harry muff punt. Enough play on special teams, enough plays on defense, and enough plays on offense to win. Therefore, I'm not gonna I can't rip the game plan. But if you take out the Damian Harris touchdown run, the Patriots ran the ball 45 times for 158 yards. That's only three and a half yards a carry. That's not an amazing number. The Patriots were 2 of 12 on third down. That's also horrible. So they did this thing, running the ball, over and over and over again. But can I sit here and say they dominated the game with that strategy? I can't. They played bully ball. They ground out some, grinded out some drives late in the game when they needed to. But to sit here and say that they just, quote, ran all over the Bills... That's not necessarily the case. They took their manhood in the fourth quarter. That's true. It was there there was a body blow accumulation effect. I'm with I'm with people on that. But you would have people today believing that the Patriots won this game 37 to 7 and ran for 700 yards. They didn't. Despite how creative we all think the Patriots were in this game plan and their execution of it, the Bills had a chance in a goal-to-go situation in the fourth quarter, late in the game, under two minutes to go, to win the game. The Bills could have won that game. And Sean McDermott would probably argue that they should have. In fact, he is arguing that they should have. So, I know the Patriots are good. I know that what they did yesterday was special, winning on the road in a tough place to play in tough conditions. And now what they have in front of them is potentially special as well. I know that. I also know that I can't sit up here and tell you that what we saw last night was the most brilliant piece of coaching ever in NFL history. I can't put that game plan in the Louvre. The Patriots could have lost yesterday and maybe should have. So when Sean McDermott says, let's not give Bill Belichick too much credit, I'm actually in agreement with him on that. The Patriots could have lost that game. Buffalo could have won that game. Great performance. Gutsy performance. Much needed win. Not a game plan that goes in the Louvre. I know that too. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Dave from Montpelier, how big a decision was it to have direction of field last night? Because since McDermott chose to receive the second-half kickoff, that gave Bill the choice of who played into the wind in the fourth quarter. That is true. Yes, that is true. The Buffalo Bills, let's see, I don't want to get too confusing. The Bills deferred until the second half. So they chose, they, they said, we will choose what happens in the second half. So the Patriots got the ball to start the game. And the Bills kicked off. The Bills could have also kicked off to start the second half if they wanted to. They could have kicked off to start both halves. And they could have chosen the direction. And they chose not to. It it certainly was a difference. The way it played out, I don't know exactly what would have happened. If the game played out the exact same way, we could have... Okay, Bass would have made that kick. And it would have been 14-13. After that, I don't know what happens. The Patriots, you know didn't score again and so it was a decision but I can't play the game retroactively in my mind it was a decision Sean McDermott could have kicked off twice at each half that could have happened and it would have been more to his advantage win wise wind wise 
O'Brien in the truck says, let's see. If they win out, then they can win after the bye week, get two home games, and have Brady versus Belichick in the Super Bowl. That's what he's going for. Well, the, the Patriots, Bills and, and – or rather, I'm sorry, Bucks and Pats right now, according to ESPN, is the number one most likely Super Bowl matchup. The world may break if Brady and Belichick play in the Super Bowl. I have gone to Radio Row four times. I am not planning on going this year. I may have to convince the bosses to send me if it's Brady Belichick for the for, for for this Super Bowl. That would be unbelievable theater down in LA. You thought Sunday night in October was good? Wait until you see Sunday night in February from Los Angeles. That would break the space-time continuum if that happened. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I told you I agreed with some of what Sean McDermott said. I'll tell you what else I agreed with McDermott on, and I'll tell you which bills after the game I disagreed with. That's next on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show. Reminder, programming-wise, Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, will be with us in about 15 minutes today at 6.05. He's always at this time, but Bob with us at 6.05 today. Post-game comments by the Bills were all the topics of conversation after the game yesterday. There was ha- Half the room was talking about the Patriots' genius. The other half was talking about the Bills and their um, pointed comments and their feisty attitudes after the game. And I got to tell you, I continue to agree with Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach. I disagree with Bills safety, safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. So I got about 10 minutes left in this segment. I got to get to this quickly. But So Sean McDermott, again, was asked about the asked about the game, and he was asked about specifically the psychological effect of playing against Bill Belichick. And he said, let's not give Bill Belichick too much credit. He said the game was more about what we didn't do, meaning the Bills, than what Bill Belichick did to us. Yeah, score points to get him out of that too. Right, We're in the red zone four times. We're one for four in the red zone. So our average starting field position was basically the 40-yard line for us compared to the 23-yard line for them. I mean, then you turn the ball over, right? So sloppy football. He said it was about sloppy football on their end, not about the psychological genius or the effect of playing against Bill Belichick. I don't have a problem with that. A lot of people did. I don't have a problem with those comments. I think it's fair to say, by the way, there's this notion that Belichick is in McDermott's head, and and maybe he is overall, but I don't really think it affected the outcome on the field last night, and I don't think any of it factored in how the game was played. McDermott didn't change his game plan for Belichick. It wasn't like the Bills did outlandish things because they were scared of Bill Belichick. So if McDermott places more importance on beating Belichick or on beating the Patriots or something, I don't think it manifested itself specifically last night. McDermott beat Belichick twice last year. It's not like he should be scared of going against him. You can sit here, like you can argue that Belichick outcoached McDermott, and that's fine. That's a separate discussion. But to ask after the game if if you were psyched out by coaching against Belichick, I'm not buying that. I think McDermott is right. If the Bills had capitalized on their chances and if they take care of themselves, they win that game. They fumbled at their Pats 29. 
They squandered a scoring chance there in the re- near the red zone. If that doesn't happen, maybe the Bills win. Shield Kapadia of The Athletic today, I was reading him. He says, Bill Belichick came up with a creative game plan that did help the Patriots win, but it worked because the Bills missed a lot of opportunities. That's what McDermott is saying, and I agree with him. They turned it over in the plus side of the field. They missed a field goal. They took crucial penalties in the red zone. Josh Allen took a bad sack. I think teams and coaches always focus on what their team didn't do. That's like coach speak 101. So from McDermott's standpoint, he looks at it like we made all these mistakes and we still had a chance to win the game in the final two minutes. I don't have a problem with him saying that, but Michael Holly of NBC Sports Boston does. The whole team's in denial. Yep. They are. The whole team's in denial. Yep. So so Sean McDermott clearly has I knew it. That's why I said, let's wait. Let's wait. Yeah. Beginning of post-game live. Let's just wait around for Sean McDermott. I said he's going to say something snarky. Yep. He's going to be petty. Once again, he is. He doesn't want to give credit to Belichick. He knows they they failed to adjust to the game plan. They failed to adjust quickly. He's in denial. I I don't think so. I think that's coach speak, and I think from coach speak's perspective, I think he's right. If we don't fumble at the 29, we win. If we can convert in the red zone where we were one, th- one for four scoring touchdowns, I think we win. That's what all coaches say. I don't think that's a we don't want to give Belichick credit. That's, hey, if we take care of our house, we win this game. So I, I'm fine with what McDermott said on a lot of levels. I don't think we need to give Belichick too much credit. I think it was a creative game plan. I don't think it was a genius game plan by Belichick. And I think McDermott's fair to say that if we do what we're supposed to do, we win. The people who I do have a problem with are Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, the Bills' safeties. After the game, they were asked if it was embarrassing to be beaten by a team that only threw it three times. I mean, what kind of Boy, what are we doing, bro? What kind of question is that? I think we. I think keep, we keep, that, keep uh, seven points. Yeah, we, 14, uh, four, or, 14 to fourteen. Fourteen to ten. Is that the final score? We made stops when we had to. They had one big run. I mean, they got good backs. They, yeah. All right. Um, they kept coming back to a couple of runs. I mean, I don't know how you want us to answer that question. That's funny. Well, we'll remember that. I'll remember that. I have more of a problem with that soundbite than I do anything that McDermott said. Now, a lot of people are getting on the journalist for his line of questioning, and I think that's a fair question. Like, journalistically, we can have a different conversation about the way that the question was phrased and how it was asked and the tone and the demeanor and was the guy looking for for clicks and was he out there to get the Bills players. We can have that conversation. But I do think it's a fair question overall. It might not have been asked in a classy way, but is it embarrassing to lose to a team that attempted three passes? And for me, I think, yeah, the Bills should be embarrassed by what happened last night, But they and they should be embarrassed on multiple levels. The Bills should be embarrassed on multiple levels. First off, you're always embarrassed when you lose in atypical fashion. Everybody is. When you lose in a memorable way, that people won't forget, that's embarrassing. My best friend beats me in ping pong every time we play. If he beats me 21-14, nobody cares. If he beats me 21-1, to that's embarrassing. Because it's different. Because it's atypical. Because it's memorable. 
I've heard baseball players say, hey, we get one hit, that stinks, but nobody remembers. We get no hit, that's embarrassing. It's atypical. It's different. So the Bills just lost. If they lost 31-28, to it would be a nondescript loss that would be forgotten pretty quickly once the season ended. To lose this way, in this fashion, we're going to talk about this game for years. So yeah, when you lose in a different way than anybody has lost in 50 years, that is embarrassing in and of itself. They should also be embarrassed that they have a $200 million quarterback about to be on the books, and they got beat by a guy who just stepped off campus who threw three passes. You should be embarrassed about that. And you should be embarrassed that every year you know this weather is coming to Buffalo, and you got beat at home in that weather, the weather you're supposed to excel in, you got beat in by a visiting team. That's embarrassing. Why are the Bills not constructed to to dominate the line of scrimmage in the way the Patriots did? You know every year what we saw last night is coming, and the Bills are not created to run the football or win the line of scrimmage consistently. That's embarrassing. And finally, while overall the Bills' numbers are okay at stopping the run, when they really needed a stop and when they knew the Patriots were running, they had a hard time getting them, right, Matt Castle? There's so many old, old school offensive line coaches out there that are smiling right now because when you know you have to run it and they know you have to run it and you go out and you just impose your will on an opponent, that's what they love to see. And that's what exactly what New England was able to do today. It was just an all-around great performance by this Patriots team, and it was impressive to watch. When you knew they were going to run, you couldn't get every stop you needed. You needed some. You got some you needed, rather, but you couldn't get every one. That, it is embarrassing. So maybe the question was out of line in the way it was asked. Maybe it was asked out of spite to the guy who was looking to get famous, and kudos to him, he did today. So maybe he asked it wrong. But I don't think it's a bad question. And those guys are so defensive because they know it is embarrassing. We got beat at home by a rookie. We got beat at home in the weather we're supposed to excel in. That's supposed to be our advantage. That is embarrassing. They won't tell you that. But their actions show clearly that it got to them. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I'm going to ask Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, how did he feel about the postgame comments by the Bills side of things? And does he have a good handle on what he watched last night? Pats broadcaster Bob Sosi with us next on the Brady Farkas Show right here on D. He's called the best of the Patriots past. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. But now, it's time for these Patriots to bring a bright future to Foxborough. To Myers on the crossing route, turns along the sideline, inside the pylon. Touchdown, Patriots. Stewart takes the snap. He's looking over the middle, moves up, moves up. He's hit. The ball goes toward the corner of the end zone, picked off by J.C. Jackson. Here comes the rookie, Matt Jones. Welcome to Foxborough. It's the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi, on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, will be with us here momentarily. He talks with us every single Tuesday. Here's what's going to happen, everybody. We're about 
25 minutes away from the end of the show. It was a short show today. Norwich Hockey against Plattsburgh State. George Como, Craig Durham on the call from Stafford Ice Arena. So we're going to talk to Bob. Then we're going to unpack the Patriots, and that's going to be our show for the day. We will have a full 90-minute show tomorrow. We're in this weird time right now where we got a couple of short shows. This week, we're good after today. It's next week with a lot of high school basketball that our show is going to be impacted a lot. So uh, we'll continue to roll with the punches here on the Brady Farkas Show. You can always subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Remember, the show is also brought to you in part by Pro Driver Training, which is Vermont's premier truck driver training school online at prodrivercdl.com. If you need a new job, the next step in your career could be waiting for you right there. Again, Vermont's premier truck driver training school locations in Enosburg and in Milton. They can help you with the Class A CDL, Class B CDL, and also work on some passenger and advanced skills training. Let's go out to the phone line now and find our guy, Bob Sosi, the voice of the New England Patriots, back from a windy western New York. So, Bob, we appreciate the time as always here. Uh, Pat's first place in the AFC East, first place in the AFC playoff picture. I made note of this uh, at the start of the show. I'm glad the Pats won, of course, but 20 hours later, I still can't necessarily wrap my head around what I watched last night. Do you have a good handle on what you saw firsthand? <laughs> well, Brady, it reminded me of, of a lot of what I watched for 16 years calling the Naval Academy, yeah. particularly when Navy was adept at running the triple option, first under Paul Johnson and then Kenny Niamatololo, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're dominating Army-Navy games, unlike in recent years, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I look back at any number of games that I call through the years, you would see these 300-yard rushing performances by the midshipmen with – in some cases, zero pass attempts. So it's, yeah. again, not unprecedented for me to call games uh, with that kind of a box score. And uh, last night was not a work of art for some, but for me it was beautiful. Uh, the weather conditions certainly had a huge impact, as we expected them to have going in. The forecasters in Buffalo uh, you know, were right on the money in terms of what they were projecting for the game. Uh, the, the wind was sustained well in excess of 20 miles per hour. The gusts were up to, were up to 50 at one point uh, before the game, and, and I think you know in, in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 miles an hour, certainly uh, during the game. and had an impact on the way the coaches approached it, particularly the way Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, as we know, based on what we watched. And I think that, you know, Bill, whether it's against the Falcons or the Bills last night, he has coached these games with a sense of his team being in control. And we heard Mike Vrabel say that about the Falcons game when he was watching the Patriots in that Thursday night encounter. He said, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, the way they were approaching that game, like they knew they had it under control. And granted, Buffalo drove down twice deep in Patriot territory late in the game, and the Pats needed that last fourth down play by Miles Bryan with the all-out pass rush on Josh Allen. But I really believe that Belichick and the Patriots managed the game according to the conditions, but as well, you know, their confidence, and I don't want to say comfort level, but their confidence and sense that they were in control of that game last night. It was, it was unfolding the way they wanted it, the way they expected it to. And therefore, they stuck with that plan, and there was no reason to change it. Had the Bills gone ahead, well, the Patriots would have had to come out throwing on their last possession. So you don't think last night's game plan or the way the game unfolded was any reflection in a lack of trust in Mac Jones in those kind of conditions? Well, you know, 
those conditions were unforgiving for most quarterbacks. They affected Josh Allen, too, I mean, with, even with his great arm. I mean, we saw a couple of balls sail on him, including the back shoulder throw to Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And, you know, in some cases, it, it, it might have been, you know, a, a, you know, him overcompensating. But he, I watched him in warm-ups, and he had to adjust to the conditions as well. I just think that, you know, from the Patriots' standpoint, they went in, and they were committed to running the ball all night long. And also, you know, that first toss play to Damon Harris on the first third down attempt by the Patriots, it was clear the, ball, the players were having trouble in warm-ups. And I mentioned this on the air uh, about war- watching guys trying to catch punts and catch balls in warm-ups. Guys were having a difficult time on both sides with the conditions. And I think that was a big factor in, in the approach. Lack of trust in Mac Jones. I think if the Patriots felt like they needed to throw the ball, like I said, had the Bills gone in front, they would have had no choice. And and I don't think that this is a, an indictment of Mac Jones the way some, uh, I, I, as, I, as I've read on social media, are portraying it. it was, you know, we don't have a body of evidence of Jones in inclement conditions. He's never experienced anything like last night. So did they err on the side of caution at times with the play calling on third down? Perhaps. Did they try to protect him? Of course. They've, they've done that all season long. He's a rookie quarterback, and, and I think that's the way you really have to handle a rookie quarterback. Now put him in situations where he's likely to make mistakes. But let's not forget that Matt Jones at the line of scrimmage, got everything runs through him. And on running plays, too, and I know this is, you know, for a lot of people, they may not think it's the same, and maybe it's not necessarily apples to apples. But he's making the run checks at the line. He's trying to find the soft spot, the spots, the bubbles in that Buffalo line. How many times go back and watch the tape where Mac Jones is at the line of scrimmage and resets the protections? Yeah, a lot of for an alert with you know those are things that's the quarterback in control. Now you watch other quarterbacks with a lot more experience, and you won't see that. Again, the way the Patriots offense is, it runs through the quarterback, whether he's dropping back to throw or he's handing it off. So I think you know, to me, they had to have confidence in Mac Jones to, to start him in week one. They had confidence in him to come out and throw against Tampa Bay in that game and Dallas in that game and try to match Brady and Prescott pass for pass on those two contests. And I think if the, when they play the Bills again, if the conditions are different, which they should be, I think Mac Jones will throw it and they'll unveil their passing attack. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us here as he is every Tuesday on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEV Radio.com. You know, you mentioned the Patriots trying to protect Mac Jones on the field. What about the protection of him off the field? The, the, the Mannings revealed that the Patriots denied their request to interview Mac Jones for yesterday's Manning cast. You know, he speaks to ESPN, he speaks to CBS and Fox on a regular basis. I think he's probably contractually obligated to do that. Why do you think the Patriots denied him to speak with the Mannings? I don't know. You know, and I don't know if what, you know, what the conversations were like. I know uh, Peyton Manning mentioned the name of Stacy, so I presume that Stacy James, the Patriots yeah. president of media relations, maybe it was the timing of it all. You know, you know, I, I will say this. I think that uh, people should be careful. I think Mac has relationship at least has some experience with the Mannings. So I don't think that, uh, you know, it was a case of specifically Peyton Manning not wanting to talk to him. I think the Patriots, look, they're like that with rookies in general. I mean, it's it's not unprecedented uh, for Patriots rookies to have less exposure to the media than Mac Jones. Now, he is the quarterback. He is 
you know, the guy that, you know, will be, if he's not already, the quote-unquote playing face of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, as that, 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 that position demands him to be. And there are contractual obligations. There are league obligations and mandates that uh, affect starting quarterbacks and their commitments to the media. But I, I, I don't know the particulars. I heard about it after the game, so I'm really not in a position to comment on it. I just know the Patriots, have, like, they have a guarded approach with all the young players. And you will hear it in the voices of young players and in their answers when, when they respond to questions, particularly those that, you know, are guys who made the team as undrafted free agents or as later on draft picks and, and maybe not, don't have the security of higher draft choices. You know, they don't want to say the wrong thing. The Patriots have their way of doing things. And, I, and you know, again, I think it's just it's, it's managing the outside expectations and the potential distractions for that player. What did you make of the Bills' post-game reactions to media comments, whether it be Sean McDermott or the safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde? What did you make of uh, Michael Holly on NBC Sports Boston said that the Bills were in denial last night. What did you make of their reactions? Well, I think the Bills have been in an interesting spot. I said this uh, the other day, or at least I wrote it in, 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 in conversations before I went on the air with Felger and Maz on our flagship here in Boston, 985 The Sports Hub. That I think it was a it was an important game for Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, but it was a really important game for Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. You know, the Bills swept the Patriots last year. The Bills finally got that you know took care of uh, that albatross of defeating the Patriots in both games and winning the division. First time since 1999 they had swept New England. First time since 1999 they had won the division, but they they beat a Patriots team that was a shell of what they were and certainly nothing close to what they are. And McDermott was, you know, after the the first game last year when the Bills beat the Patriots in week eight, I thought he, he, he was so ebullient after that game. I, I really wondered about his reaction to it and the, the kind of emotion and importance he placed on that game. And he, look, he's, he's a, he's a hot tempered coach on the side. And he's done a terrific job. Please don't misconstrue what I'm about to say because I think yeah. I, have, I have a lot of respect for what he's done in Buffalo. They've gone to the playoffs through the last four years. They're bound for the postseason right now once again. He's changed the culture there, and he's done, he's done a lot of great things. But there have been times over the last few years where I think his emotions have gotten the better of him, whether on replay challenges, whether he's lost composure pregame. I remember, remember a couple of years ago he went over to a couple of the Patriots assistant coaches or members of their staff before the game and had an issue with where they were watching warm-ups. You know, the kind of thing that a head coach shouldn't even get himself involved in. And, and, and McDermott has, has had this tendency to lose his composure going up against the Patriots in particular. So I think, you know, when going into his postgame press conference, I think you know, already the Patriots and Belichick were in his head and, you know, collectively in the Bills' heads. And I think that what we saw with McDermott in particular, you know, I, I have a huge problem with a, a couple of different things, particularly when he says, you know, and, 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 you know, he was asked a question specific to Belichick, so you have to take it into context when he said this is not about Bill Belichick. Let's not give him too much credit on this one or too much respect, whatever he said. Uh, but he followed up by, I like my chances. Well, to me as a coach, isn't it supposed to be we and our, I and my? You know, and, and, I, and I, that may be a, a nitpick, but I have a feeling, you know, some of the Buffalo players might notice that. They certainly, one of them certainly noticed when McDermott was asked about his return men because they had both their primary kick returners inactive for the game. And he said he wanted somebody back there he could trust on Isaiah McKenzie responded on Twitter, damn, 
Uh, so to me, I think, you know, McDermott lost his composure during the game. And as Matthew Fairbairn uh, of the uh, Athletic, I think, wrote, he kind of be- became unglued in the post game, and, and I think this Buffalo team is, you know, going back to the offseason, Brady, with the, you know, a lot of the, the, the comments that were made by Cole Beasley initially, but then some of his teammates, they were going back and forth arguing with one another on social media. And, you know, they've been uh, labeled by some in, in the Buffalo area as being somewhat soft. So there's a sensitivity there. They got manhandled by Tennessee, more so by Indianapolis. Last night in a game when they knew the Patriots were going to come in, everybody knew the game plan for the Patriots. And the Bills still got pushed around defensively. And now they got to play Tampa Bay in a short week. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us here every Tuesday, usually at 545 today, making a little time for us here at uh, about 605. So, Bob, we appreciate it. Enjoy the bye week. Patriots now on the bye. You've certainly earned a little time off, and we will look forward to you a couple Saturdays from now and a big showdown with the Indianapolis Colts. All right, Brady, looking forward to it. Thanks. Absolutely. There goes Bob Sosi, the voice of the New England Patriots, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. Ten minutes away from Norwich Hockey, cadets taking on Plattsburgh State. So we're going to react to a lot of what Bob said. We're going to do that tomorrow because we've got the limited time today. But Bob disagrees with me about Sean McDermott, and that and that's fine. That's part of the reason why we have a talk show so people can have differing viewpoints. I understand Bob's point that McDermott might be wound up tight, and yeah, Belichick may be in his head overall. He may see Belichick as a ghost he's got to chase, but I really don't think it factored in last night. The reason that McDermott got mad is because he was asked, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but something very similar to the effect of, psychologically, is there something about playing Bill Belichick? And I just don't believe that, that factored in last night. McDermott said, look, Belichick didn't do this to us. We did this to us. And I agreed with him. They fumbled on the plus side of the field inside the, the Pats 30. They missed a field goal. They took a bad sack on you know, that took him out of field goal range or took him out of a touchdown range and ability to go for it on a fourth down. And they had a bad penalty by the tight end Knox on fourth down there or uh, on that final drive that ended up with fourth and goal to go. So when the question is, is something psychologically daunting about facing Belichick, I I agree with what he's saying. Look, man, it wasn't Bill. Let's not give him too much credit. It was us. I don't have a problem with him saying that yesterday. So, yeah, he's wound up tight. Yeah, he's emotional. And I agree. There have been times where he has screwed up. I did not think that last night was one of them. Bob didn't get quite as much into the – Poyer and Hyde stuff as I did. I thought they were the ones who, I can't say handled it wrong because, again, the questioning, I don't know if it was great, but I thought their answer you know, was telling. They got so defensive because they are embarrassed, and they should be embarrassed by what happened last night. All right, we do this every single day after a Patriots game. So, everybody, let's get to it. Unpacking the Patriots. Play the music. And now let's get the sounder. The good. In there on third and five. Pitch for Harris. Has the first down and breaks it. It's gone. Damian Harris threw everyone up the middle for the touchdown. 64 yards on the score. And the bat. Play action. Throw. Cut. Touchdown. It's Gabriel Davis. 
Davis, and the Bills are on the board with a short field. We unpack the Patriots now on the Brady Farkas Show. Unpacking the Patriots every day after the Pats game. We do this in no particular order. They're just things that come to mind for us over the course of a game. And in a game where there weren't that many highlights and there weren't that many plays ran, we did have some pretty notable takeaways. One for me, Ramondre Stevenson is a beast. Ramondre Stevenson is a beast. He forced nine missed tackles last night on 24 touches. He only ran for 78 yards. It was not a great yards per carry average for Ramondre Stevenson, but he's got this ability where he is part bulldozer and part ballerina. Okay, He was able to run people over and, ex- and absorb contact and extend plays. But he also has this ability to slither in and out of tackles. There were so many times last night where I thought he was down after a one or two yard gain and then boom, he pops out five or six yards later. So nine forced missed tackles, that is the most of any Patriots player this year. And when Damian Harris left the game with injury yesterday, you thought to yourself, the rushing attack could suffer. It didn't with Stevenson at the helm. I know the Patriots are a multi-back system. I know they don't rely on just one guy. And I agree, that tandem is what makes the attack as a whole special. But Stevenson, to me, is this team's best individual back. The power he runs with, that ballerina ability, it is something different. And he catches the ball well out of the backfield. I really like Ramondre Stevenson. I really like Damian Harris, too. Again, they work in concert together. I don't see Ramondre Stevenson right now as Nick Chubb or as Ezekiel Elliott four years ago. But if you ask me who is the best back on this team, to me, that is Ramondre Stevenson. He is very, very good, and they did a good job finding him out of Oklahoma in the mid-rounds this year. Number two on Unpacking the Patriots. We should have recognized something. I'm mad at myself for this. We said one of the keys to the game was the Patriots needed to score touchdowns when they got in the red zone. And they didn't, really, right? They were over one in the red zone. It almost cost them. But it also should have applied to the Buffalo Bills. In that weather, we should have recognized that both teams needed to put balls in the end zone when they got close. It wasn't just the Patriots. And we said the Patriots specifically need to score touchdowns. Well, they didn't and they were able to win. The Bills didn't, and they lost. So it worked both ways. Bills were one for four in the red zone. They scored a touchdown on the pass to Davis. They missed a field goal. They turned it over on downs, and they kicked a field goal. They were one for four on scoring touchdowns in the red zone. You just have to be able in that weather to punch it in for seven. We thought it was only a Patriots thing and only a Patriots focus. It isn't. It was a Bills focus too and it helped cost them the game yesterday. Number three, just a couple of individual efforts that I want to shout out from yesterday. One is Miles Bryant. I love the way this kid plays. He's not active every game. He's a safety who was undrafted out of the University of Washington, and we've seen the Patriots find these guys in the secondary the last couple of years. It was Malcolm Butler first. It was J.C. Jackson next. And now it's Miles Bryant. 
Last year, we saw him briefly, right? He kind of made some noise in the preseason. He had an interception against the Rams last year on Thursday Night Football. And a game that the Pats ultimately got blown out in, but Miles Bryant had a big play. We heard about him earlier this year. He was playing well. Then we didn't hear much from him. But when he's out there, he just makes something happen. It was Miles Bryant that knocked down the fourth down pass that Josh Allen tried to complete that would have given the Bills the probable win. Miles Bryant knocked it down. We talk a lot about Devin McCourty in the secondary, a lot about Adrian Phillips, a lot about Kyle Duggar, a lot about J.C. Jackson, and all rightfully so. We don't ever talk about Miles Bryant. When he's there, he just makes plays, and good for him. I love the way that he plays. When his number is called, he does the job he's supposed to do. Two is Devon Godshaw. He had 10 tackles yesterday. That's pretty damn special for an interior defensive lineman. When we speak about the Patriots' free agent spending binge, we rightfully point to Matthew Judon. He's got the sack numbers. We rightfully point to Kendrick Bourne. He's made a huge impact in the passing game. We talk about Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and whether they're producing or not, but we talk about them. That's the point. We, the guy we don't talk about almost at all is Devon Godshaw. He doesn't get a lot of sacks. Doesn't get a lot of quarterback pressures playing the interior defensive line. Well, he was brought in to stop the run, and the Patriots yesterday did a good job at making the running game difficult for Buffalo yet again this season. The Bills don't run it well. They continue to not run it well. Last night, for the most part, Godshaw, a huge part of that in the interior with 10 tackles. And finally, I want to give a little praise to Nikhil Harry. Because Nikhil Harry had the worst play of the game yesterday, right? That that muffed punt. I don't quite know what Nikhil Harry was doing back there, but Nikhil Harry was back there on the punt. It hit him in the helmet. They muff it. Bills go down and score. That was that was the goat play for Nikhil Harry. But I also got to give him a little bit of credit. Before that, he made a great block to help spring Damian Harris for that touchdown, that 64-yard touchdown. Harry was a key component to that block, and the ESPN guy shouted him out also in their breakdown of the play. You mentioned having 10 guys up around the line of scrimmage. They're all up there again. The only guy that can save the touchdown is the safety, Micah Hyde. Well blocked up front. The, the fullback gets up and Hyde overruns it, and there's nobody left. Well, you see how Nikhil Harry cracked on the end man on the line of scrimmage. Jacob Johnson and Isaiah Wynn, hat on a hat. It's perfect. So they give credit to Harry there. And I'm happy to hear that, okay? He made a bad play. He's had a bad season. He's had a, a bust of a career right now. But he's finding ways some somehow to do some nice things every once in a while. He's been a really good blocker in the run game. He doesn't catch a ton of passes. He's been a good blocker. He's screwed up. He's not perfect. The Patriots made, his, made a mistake in evaluating him. That's pretty clear. But he still has found a way to do some positive things. So... He had one great one yesterday and one bonehead one. That's not going to put you in the Hall of Fame, but I want to give a little shout-out to Nikhil Harry for that blocking effort and his continued blocking effort in the run game because all anyone's going to talk about is that screw-up. Um, I'm, I'm choosing to shout-out a little bit of the positive there. So that'll do it for us. Norwich Hockey is coming up next. Cadets taking on the Cardinals of Plattsburgh State from Stafford Ice Arena. 
Our full show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can check us out there, follow us, and download us. So uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, a full 90 minutes. Tom Karen of Nesson, Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio. You'll hear a little bit from both of them. UVM men's basketball taking on Providence. The tip-off is in 10 seconds from now. We'll have a full recap of that game as well. Norwich Hockey next. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com.